Hey everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Be A Warrior Podcast. I am your host and an above me amputee, Angie. It's that time once again to unleash the warrior within you. Are you ready? Then let's get started. Well, hey everyone and welcome back. I am so happy to have you here and if you are new, I am so thankful that you found my podcast and you're listening. Um, I'm Angie and uh, for those of you that have watched uh, regularly on my YouTube channel, you'll notice I am not at home. I am, yep, traveling again. And if you've been listening, um, we had a lot of travel through October, well, September through December and started the new year thinking, okay, I'm going to be home. This is going to be good. And I forgot that we had this trip planned for months ago. So I am in Las Vegas and it is a place that we seem to come very often to. We were here for the F1 in October. Uh, We've been here for the Pro Bowl. We like to come for sporting events. Uh, We're not really gamblers and I don't really drink that much. So we just come for, I come for the shopping, (laughs) love to shop. But uh, yeah, so I'm here. If you were listening the last few weeks, uh, you also know we got a puppy. So I have been kind of a mess trying to get that planned. Um, I worked really hard for about two weeks with a brand new puppy that was nine weeks old when we got her, only to leave her at 11 weeks old, hoping that the potty training that I put into effect the last couple weeks is sticking. And I got a good report that she slept through the night again last night with um, the person taking care of them. Are both of our dogs and so that made me really happy I woke up to good news instead of uh, it was a nightmare so yeah so we got that happening so this trip uh, my husband and I just celebrated our 29th anniversary on Saturday this trip um, being Sunday through Tuesday was more a work trip for him and I'm just the tag along so I thought you know what while I'm here and I have no puppy because before I was holding her in my arms because she was sleeping Um, I get to relax and I get to enjoy this show like I used to with no puppy and not worrying about her wandering around and piddling in my office. So this is fabulous. Um, Yeah, just having a good time here, not doing a whole lot. We went and checked out the sphere. If you haven't been there or you haven't heard of it, you have to check it out. Um, It was pretty good. I would love to see you too here. But what was really interesting last night, I'll have to post this on my social media, What we went to and we saw on the main level for the first hour was a bunch of AI stuff. And if you've seen some of the posts that like in the football games, certain stadiums had like AI people sitting in in the stands with regular people, which right there would creep me out if that was right next to me. Um, I got a talk with one last night. Actually, I talked with two. And I asked what they thought of my leg and I pointed down to my leg and I'll tell you what, it was really creepy because they were like, oh, you're bionic. So they noticed my prosthetic and called me their cousin. And um, it was just, it was weird. So I'll have to post that video. Look for it on Instagram or Facebook um, with my Be A Warrior, um, you know, the Be A Warrior tag. But uh, yeah, it was, it was absolutely crazy too talk and and they asked me questions they're like can i ask you a question and you're like maybe because you're not sure what they're going to ask so it was really kind of interesting i actually was um 
I was just blown away by that technology and the interaction, a human to AI interaction. And they were full-size people, their eyes, if they made eye contact with you, it was so creepy. Um, if that's the way of the world, that freaks me out. And I kind of feel bad for my kids and grandkids and what they're going to grow up in. But I digress. Uh, it was interesting. It was pretty cool to see, but it scares me just a little bit. Now, going on to the fact that I did leave my puppy at home, I get to relax. My husband and I are going to go out for a nice dinner tonight. We're not going to do any shows. We have done so many shows here over the last million years, it feels like, that really there's no shows right now. Um, and no one playing like on a Monday night. It's Monday night. I'm recording early. Um, so we're just going to hang out and just enjoy. Unfortunately, you really can't see it, but it is it is uh, rainy out. It is not pretty out. It is just all rain and no sunshine. And I hear that's what's happening back home in Phoenix to us, Sue. So we're not really missing much either way, but we're not going to be able to just tool around. As an amputee, um, it's really, really, I have to be very careful how I walk around in different weather. And for those of you that don't have the joy of living in Phoenix, which is 99% of the time dry, um, I know going back home to Chicago and all the ski trips that my family and I take that being on slippery surfaces, wet surfaces, is a whole new ball game as an amputee. We have to be very careful when we um, hit ground with our prosthetic foot because that'll usually be the first one that slips and we don't feel it till we're already in mid-fall. And so we have to be really, really careful. But what I thought, I, you know, I've, I've been, you know, you know me. I like usually go from personal experience, which I have to say my first thought today was to talk about getting really tired. Like I felt really tired. I have been burning the candle at both ends. Um just as a human being, I'm tired. Then you add in the fact that I'm working a lot harder because of, of an amputation. Um, just because I'm five years out doesn't make it any easier or less stressful on my body. Um, when my right hip starts to feel sore, it makes me frustrated. But I also think that um, what I've been hearing a lot from people is, and, and this really is a um, a deep conversation and can go deeper, but I'm not going to go so deep. I don't like to go too deep on, on my podcast, but when it comes to fitting for a prosthetic, so some of you are brand new to this world. Some of you don't know anybody except for maybe me in this world that has um, a prosthetic and I'm one of the few people you hear talking about it, but they will tell you if you have a very good prosthetist that you go to when you have your amputation a good prosthetist, in my mind, obviously makes good connection with you. They try to understand your past so they can help you with your future. They are the person you will be going to for years and years for help with fittings and, and problems with your sockets and things like that. So you want to find someone you can rely on and trust, and you know that they really love you enough to do the best for you, even pushing with insurance and things. They can, they can do all of that. It is not an easy job being a prosthetist. My guys, Randy and David, are awesome. They have listened to me. They have heard everything I've wanted to do. And when it felt like it was going to be hard, they found a way. And that's uh, important. But I will tell you that the best thing they ever did for me, 
because I am a, let's go, let's go, let's do this. I want to get back to my A game. Is they said, you need to understand that the first one, two, maybe even three years are going to be hard. And when they mean hard, they mean the fitting, the process that you have to go through to get to a stable position with your prosthetic. Number one, you, after you have an amputation, you have your stitches, your staples, you're obviously swollen. Some people start right off the bat with struggles with healing the skin. I would say a lot of people, okay, so let's, let's go back. There are multiple reasons why amputations happen. Mine was elected based on five years of knee surgeries prior to that decision because of a karate accident. So I was doing something fun, hurt myself pretty bad. It didn't fix through PT. It didn't fix through multiple different surgeries. It actually progressively got worse. I hyper scarred. They call it arthrofibrosis. Then I got a blood clot. And when it became the, the two things that happened for me was I wasn't able to do normal everyday activities, let alone any recreational activities at my age, which I was in my 40s. And the other thing was it becomes life-threatening, and that's what happened with the blood clot. And that was kind of the proverbial straw that broke the camel's back. I did not want to be on an airplane with my family because we travel a lot. Obviously, we're in Vegas again. And die on a plane and have my kids watch that, have my husband of 29 years watch that and be helpless to doing anything except watch me die. So that was why I went to that route. Other people either have some sort of disease or medical condition. And um, for some, like people with diabetes that lose their limbs, they may have a hard time healing. So when you go through the amputation, you know, even I was like that too. My biggest fear was waking up from my amputation and how will my psyche handle looking down and my leg is gone forever? And was it the right decision kind of a feel? And I was more scared of that than actually the surgery. Surgery came second in fear, um, but had to give that up. And for those of you that know me, my faith is very strong. And I leaned into that hard through the four months prior to my surgery so that I could adapt and understand and come to reality of what it was going to be. And that I was going to be okay because there was a higher power working for me. And that was my belief. And that got me through. But... I did struggle a little bit with some of the healing. So when you go through that surgery and you have the pain of phantom pains, the pain of surgery, the pain of the staples and the, the cutting of the bone and the tissue and, and the re-stapling of tissue underneath and all that stuff happening and the swelling, it takes a couple months before you are able to get fitted pro for a prosthetic. And that is if everything goes well. I preface that because some people get really agitated when they're not healing, but they want to put a prosthetic on. You do not want to put a prosthetic on your leg when you have healing issues because you're going to rip it open and you're going to be bloody. You're going to probably get infections. And when you get an infection as an amputee, they cut more bone and they pull it back further. You don't want that. You need as much leg as you possibly can. So below knee amputees have the best recovery because they just are missing their ankle and they can work with that and their knee helps them adjust to walking and and just doing all the biking and and running and things like that 
The higher up you go over the knee, now you're losing two joints. It's possible to be just as active. I'm very active, but I also have a very long residual limb. They had to cut just above the pipe from my, um, my knee replacement so that we had all foreign objects out of my knee. So that's, that's great because I have a lot of residual limb. But if you look at someone that's all the way up at their hip, most of them won't even wear a prosthetic because there's, it's harder to manipulate a leg when you have to swing it with just your hip and you don't even have anything there. So you have to heal. And if you heal well, then you'll be able to be fitted for a prosthetic. But if your doctor says you need more time, I guarantee you, even though you don't want to wait, wait listen to your doctor and don't get agitated because he's he's doing the best for you. He's not holding you back. He's doing what's going to help you push forward instead of having a stumbling block that's going to set you back months because you get an infection and stuff like that. So you go through that part. Now let's say you healed fine. Everything's good. You get fitted for your first socket. Then all of a sudden you go into having that socket made and you've never had anything like that on your body. You have to understand that this is not like getting your leg back at all. This is, what does this feel like? No one knows until you do it. No one knows how your body, and that was my biggest fear actually after the surgery and after coping with everything and realizing I was good with the look and not freaking out, was the fact is, what if my body rejects a socket on the leg? If you have allergies or you, like I was worried because I had all that scarring issue would my amputation scar up so bad that it was painful to put a socket on? So I was freaked out about that for quite a while and really hoping and praying that when I got a socket that my prosthetist would do the good job at fitting it so that wouldn't be an issue. And thank goodness I didn't scar. It's weird. There's no joint there, so I guess that's truly what it is for me, a joint issue. The scarring isn't a problem. I don't have big scar tissues or anything hard down there. My PT worked on massaging a lot of that out, which is so painful, but needed. So I'm very soft and flexible down there. So you go through that fitting and yeah, the first time your prosthetist puts it on you, he has to learn about you. So once he makes one and you start working, walking around in a check socket or a test socket is what they call it, he sees where things are, they usually are clear, so he can see where the blood flow is and isn't on your leg when you're walking in it. And then you get to walk around in it until you can see where maybe you are pinching or hitting bone up in your um, your sit bones and everything. Or if it's, um, if it's not wide enough or it's too wide in certain areas and things like that, all that happens when you're getting fitted. So then you finally get the right fit and you get to take it, uh, your real socket home, right? That's great. Then you got to learn how to walk in it. <laughs> and right there for a lot of people, if you are truly scared of this new journey you're on, fear is a disabler, right? Fear will hold you back from trying things. And you're going to have fear, but if you don't learn to slowly work your way from all the crutches, and I say crutches, I mean crutches, but I also mean walkers or um, things like that, you can have you can have so many issues with um, ever stepping away from a support, a, a medical support item thing, uh, like walkers. And I do know a lot of people that 
they're getting there. They're so close. They've done the walker. They've done crutches. They're like down to either one forearm crutch or a cane, but they're just still afraid to let go. But until you can figure out where your center of balance is without anything, you're always going to lean into that literally. Um, and so you really have, that's what PT is good for is, is working your way out of that in a safe environment with people watching you and helping you fix your gait. So that takes time. Then once you finally start doing some walking and getting active, you will find that the amazing amount of shrinking that happens on that residual limb, your swelling starts to go down from the surgery really fast. Some of you might actually start losing weight. Um, I had gained 55 pounds in five years um, from being laid up from 10 surgeries that it just kind of kept going on and on and on and didn't realize it till I was now up and moving. Well, then I lost the weight because once I started moving, you couldn't stop me and the weight melted off and then I atrophied. So you lose your swelling from the surgery. You might lose some weight because you're actually active now. For those of us that had surgery or the amputation because of a plethora of medical issues that went back spanning years, um, a lot of the women that I'm meeting these days seem to have, you know, I thought five years was a lot of medical issues, 10 to 15 to 20 years of being laid up and amputation now is where they're at. Um, so they've, you know, you're, you're weaker, you're not as strong as you were, your core strength is bad, your balance is off, and you've probably gained weight. And so you know what, you've got to cut yourself some breaks there. But what that does is it makes your prosthetic not fit well for very long. So I'm going to post on my website, when I post this on my website, this podcast, if you go to my website, beawarrior360.com, I'll have a picture there and you'll see me sitting down on the floor with, I think, 13 or 14 sockets that I'd gone through in three years. And there were, there's still like three that aren't even on there. I think I've had 16 in three years. And so you will see that the changes that happen are immense. And at the very beginning, the first two years, when I say the very beginning, I'm not talking the first month or two, I'm talking the first two years. For me, it was three years of constant change between losing weight, reducing swelling, and then the third part was atrophy. Your leg atrophies. When you don't have anything that can build the muscle up, like an ankle that builds up a calf muscle or a knee that builds up the quad and the hamstring, all you do is atrophy. There's nothing exercising that muscle. And I do exercise, just starting to figure out ways to build some of that muscle, but it will never be the same. So you have all that and you're all fleshy because you've lost the weight, you've, you're reducing swelling and you reduce your muscle mass. Your changes are going to be rapid. So you need to get your head around that because that is a really tough thing to deal with. Everyone thinks amputation is the hard part. You get them, you, you heal from surgery and off you go. And there are some people that jump right into it. I jumped right into mine. I was walking with just a cane right off the bat and never looked back. But I also had, um, you know, my own setbacks. I just kept plugging forward because I was hell-bent to get back to where I wanted to be and prove to myself that I made the right decision. So there's a little bit of pride there, a little bit of perfectionism there, but that's what pushed me to get past the hard moments. 
and the hard moments at this point in the game are literally um, the fitting of your prosthetic and you have to have the patience I will guarantee you, you will not have the patience. You'll be so excited about your first one. You'll get your first one and literally a couple weeks into it, you're going to be putting socks on to thicken it up so it's tighter. You lay, add socks on over your your liner um, to tighten up the hard socket so it doesn't slip off. And then you get so many plies and that's when your prosthetist will tell you, you need to come back in. If you get to 15 or 20 ply, we need you to come back in because then we need to definitely refit. And that's when insurance says it's okay and they've got enough data that says you are definitely outgrown it and it's time to move on. And guess what? You go through the whole process again. You get, uh, for some people, like my guy does hands-on fitting. He does, um, he puts a liner on my leg or saran wrap on my leg and then he puts um, the uh, casting um, material around my leg and casts my leg. Then he pulls that off. They fill it with cement and they rip that apart. And then that's how they create the um, mold for my leg. And then we wait, you know, whatever amount of time, depending on who you go to. My guy was quick. The turnarounds were a couple weeks. The hardest part for my guy wasn't getting it back. Um, from the uh, main, uh, the main constructor of the actual socket, it was the designing of my sockets. Because when you see my picture of all mine, I never went easy on him. The first few were t-shirts, and then I started using paints and decals and stuff, and had things I wanted to do <laughs> specifically. Um, if you're gonna wear it, you might as well really own it. So love your socket. Ask your people what they are willing to do so you don't just have the blank black socket. Um, I don't know why, but I believe that that aesthetically helped me accept it and love it and own it and use it. It wasn't just simple. It was me. It was an extension of me. This is my leg now. I put it on in the morning. I don't take it off till I go to bed. So it is me. It is my leg. I don't consider myself disabled or missing a leg because it's always on. And you know, you can see in my video, I have it on, I'm wearing jeans and yep, there's my leg. It's always on. Even when I'm hurting, I will put it on because I don't have healing issues. I don't have um, infection issues. So I usually push through phantom sensation and phantom pains. Um, I find that sometimes taking it off during that um, trains my brain to say, I give up and I'm not going to give up. I'm not, I'm not going to give up. I'm going to push through and let my body know I'm in charge and let my brain make the decisions when to block out those pains and push forward. And so that's how I go about doing it. Now, I would not suggest that to anybody unless you know your body well enough and know that the reason why you became an amputee has nothing to do with infections or disease because those things will be the things that will pull you back and out of your leg because a doctor says get out of your leg. So now let's say you go through this and you, you get your socket, you finally get your next new socket and you start going forward with it. I will tell you right now, my husband learned this really quick he would remind me because it, it gets to the point where you can't wait for the next one because you're so excited it's going to fit better. And then the first week or two suck, like totally suck. It's like I've always said, it's like putting on a brand new pair of shoes and going out and running a marathon in them. And you come back the end of that day and your blisters and you got sores and you're aching. 
that is the socket. Not that you're out running a marathon, but you put it on, you think it's going to be like the next best thing because it now fits you better. Yeah, it's tighter. Now your skin's not used to that. Now your skin will wear in certain areas. You'll get rashes, you'll get um, blisters, you name it, you will get it. And, and when they remake it, doesn't mean it's going to be made exactly the same, right? Because you're smaller, you're different. Your shape of your limb is in transition all the time the first couple of years. So now you might have an area that now is hitting something. I was a year in and probably five or six sockets in when all of a sudden I was walking 10K, 5K, I was hiking, I was skiing, surfing, you name it. And all of a sudden I couldn't walk a mile without excruciating pain. Well, it wasn't my socket, although we did try a multiple of different sockets to get it to feel better. This was a neuroma in my hamstring. And then I had to go through a whole nother batch of things where after my my prosthetist tried a brand new socket on me with a different fit in a check socket to see if that helped and it didn't, he goes, you might need to have a doctor note to go get an MRI. So then I had to go see my surgeon. He gave me the MRI note. I went and got an MRI. We waited for the results. Yep, a huge golf ball size neuroma in my hamstring. So guess what? My surgeon calls me back in. He goes, I could take it out, but I'm not trained in nerve endings. It will grow back. I guarantee it. You should see a plastic surgeon. And I have the guy for you because he works with TMR, which is, I'm not even going to try to tell you what it means, but TMR surgery is where they do take out the neuromas and they take those nerve endings. And I always think of them as like electrical plugs that are just kind of wire, like wires that are active like think of a storm and wires coming down and electrical he plugs them into muscles so that they aren't firing and creating new neuromas in your body and so i had to go through that well guess what not only did the surgery give me nice new huge i have a huge the whole back of my leg is one big incision and then i had another one up at the very top of my uh, residual limb had to heal from that just like I did with my amputation and then after that my leg was different shaped so not only was I not able to just put on my old socket and I had swelling again I had to go back and get fitted for another socket and then I had to go through putting that on a still very fresh scar which was so painful coming off because at that point I think I was actually skin fit so my skin was sticking to the inside of my socket as I was trying to pull it off at night and it would just pull where the incision was new. Oh, that was so painful. So then I had to heal from that. But again, my residual limb was different. I had atrophied more. I had lost more weight. And then you go through the whole gamut of the first couple weeks are going to suck because you're probably going to wear and tear places. You'll go back in. You'll make He'll make some adjustments. He'll tweak some things. He may have to remake the socket. And then you'll get your final socket. And then at that point, you wear that. Your body gets used to it. You'll still have a hard week, but your body gets used to it. And then you go through that as you atrophy, atrophy, atrophy. And guess what? It'll be, you'll be like, I just got good at it. Oh, it's time to go back and get refitted because it is way too loose again. And that is the reality of the first two to three years. And I worked really hard. So I had fast changes and I thought that meant that I would 
I would get to my end results quicker. No, I actually had so many fast changes the first two years. It didn't slow down to after two years, but I still had three or four sockets in my third year. So it took me three years. Now I've been in the same socket for like a year, and that is amazing. Um, I've been watching my weight because now I don't want to fluctuate, like I'm stable. And so I stay going to the gym, I watch what I eat, I come to Vegas and I don't drink a lot because I won't get my socket on the next morning. But that's the reality of that. And I just, I, I felt the need to speak that because so many people get caught up in the, the waiting and it can be so hard on your body, your mind, your emotions when you are stuck in the waiting. And there is so much waiting the first couple years. And even when you go through, you know, like everything seems to be going well, that doesn't mean I'm out of the woods. I still have bad days where phantom pains, something will trigger a phantom pain. Usually some sort of pinched back nerve will just run down the, the bottom of the residual limb and then it'll be like, they don't, my nerves don't know what to do because there's nothing there to, you know, for it to flush it out. And pain will just be blinding. And so I don't say that to scare you as much as I say, this is reality and this is the norm, really. As much as normal can be, you're going to run somewhere in the gamut of you'll get through um, changes quickly and maybe you'll be back into a normal setting where you won't change as much in the, after two years. But I don't know if a lot of prosthetists tell you that it's it's a good one to two years before you get to an, a pace of slowing down the changed sockets so that you can actually get a grip on the walking and and learning to get your gait better and and really doing that because when you're changing your socket all the time and it's there's so much change happening and atrophying happening it's hard to focus on the techniques because all you're worried about is slowly learning it and not hurting and then you get a new one and you're slowly working with it, but you're hurting and it just keeps, it's like a cycle. It's a really long cycle. But in the scheme of things, I will tell you now that I'm five years, I know what to expect. I handle those, um, those setbacks much better because I've learned that this too shall come to an end. Not all bad things will last. Find a way to distract yourself. Find a way to find joy and hope do something else to get your mind off it. If you dwell in what hurts and what's a problem, make note, always make note, mental note or physical notes, make notes of what you're feeling so you can communicate efficiently with your prosthetist. So the next time you go in with a problem, you're not sitting there going, well, I kind of was feeling something, but I can't remember what it was. You want to be able to really talk to him about it. And then move on. Don't dwell in what you're feeling. Make the notes of it and move on, do something. I, I was just talking to someone today and, and they're struggling with the pain because it's it's kind of like screaming on the inside and no one can see that from you on the outside. You're the only one that knows what you're dealing with. And when that happens, we forget that that is a silent thing that we deal with internally, that if you're at work or you're around your family or friends and you put a smile on your face, they don't know really what's triggering maybe your short-temperedness or you're being cut off or you're not responding to texts or whatever. 
be open, be honest with people, let them know that this is not an easy journey. Everything's been good, but I'm having a bad week or a bad day, or this, this minute sucks right now. And that might actually help you get over the hump of where you're at. So I'll tell you right now, the only thing I can, I can give you is a little bit of peace and hope that at five years now, I know what's coming and I handle it so much better than I did the first couple of years. When you don't know, when you, when you feel a phantom pain problem come on or a socket that just doesn't seem to fit right and you keep going back and back and back and back for tweaks and tweaks and tweaks and it's not feeling good, I will tell you, you will learn from that by going through it. But to give you hope, it will come to an end. You will find happiness. You will move forward but a lot of times we'll move 10 paces forward and feel great only to be slapped in the face and brought back five steps. And that is okay. It happens. And that's how we learn. That's how we grow. That's how we build character and strength and fortitude. And you too will do that. That's why I call this um, Be a Warrior podcast because you know what? You have to be a warrior each and every day you wake up because you don't know what's going to attack you today. You don't know how well it's going to fit. You don't know what the weather's going to do. You don't know how you're going to react to people around you. So you take it in stride, take it step by step, and know that you will get through this because I believe you are a warrior. We're all built with that fighter inside of us. It's a matter of whether or not you're ready to release it. And that's why I said, is it time to release, um, unleash the warrior within you? Because that's what I want you to do. Every day you wake up and say, today I am a warrior and I am going to conquer anything thrown at me. And sometimes it isn't pretty, but that's okay. You live to, um, you, you go to sleep and you wake up to live another day. And that's the important part. Whatever you can find to make you feel happy and complete in the moment will help you and train your body to handle the next hiccup, the next chasm that will happen because inevitably it will happen. And I know you'll be able to get through it, but no matter what I tell you, until you actually experience some of these things on your own, you won't understand it. And I'm hoping that you'll take any of this information and just kind of tuck it away for the day that that happens to you, because that's when you'll find out what you're made of. And you will remember, Hey, I remember when she said that this is going to pass. I just got to remember it's going to pass. I just keep moving forward, find something to distract me, find something that makes me happy, get a hobby, um, do something, talk to people, get out, don't dwell. Don't sit in your house and dwell on what hurts, what sucks about your life. Find the positive, work with what's positive, find that silver lining. That would be your call to action today. If you're stuck right now in the hurt the pain, the uncertainty, the fear that this, this is my new normal and it's horrible. You need to find something that brings you joy. And it, a lot of times for me, it's, it's a distraction. It's something that keeps me moving forward. And sometimes it's really hard for me this week. I was feeling kind of blah, um, last week, sorry. And I finally decided, you know what, get up off the couch because I have a new puppy. So I've been sitting there just waiting for watching the potty breaks things, right? Every 15 minutes outside, let's make sure we reiterate. And I was feeling just blah. 
I was, I was feeling like I had no purpose. I mean, that is not a purpose for me, like sitting there watching something go to the bathroom. And so I finally said, we're going to start training her how to walk. I got to get out and get fresh air. I got to walk. I got to breathe in new fresh air in my lungs and not my home. And guess what? As much as I really didn't want to do that, I did it. And it was awesome. Once I got out, once I did it, it triggered a lot of endorphins and I felt great. And I have been doing that every day since last week when I finally got her to accept a leash at 10 weeks, 11 weeks old. We have been out every day. One, it makes her totally worn out. And two, I get the exercise. I get the vitamin D. If there's sunshine, I get the fresh air. And if I'm lucky, I meet someone along my path and we talk a little bit and I share my story and then I'm filled again and I'm ready to tackle whatever's coming my way. So I hope that that's that's helpful to you. I hope if you're struggling that you'll reach out, but find something that brings you happiness. Find a hobby. If you don't have one, look for one. Photography, crafting, um, Bible journaling, journaling in general, using bright colors that will really just kind of brighten your day. And just do what you need to do to get through this moment And then you'll be able to start learning how to cope when these moments arise in the future. I promise you, it does work. I have figured this out myself through trial and error. And there have been some really, really hard days, hard weeks. And I am saying I'm not through everything. I know I'm not. I know I'm going to have another bad day. But I have a toolbox beside me now that tells me I know what I'm doing. I know how to get through this. I know it'll end. And here's what I'm going to do until it ends. And so I hope and pray that for you. I hope you have a great week. I hope that you're finding some sunshine. And I know those of you in winter weather areas, it is hard to find happiness when it's blah, gray, dreary, and freezing cold out. But do something inside then for yourself. Watch a great movie. Do a a binge of TV watching. Make some cookies. Clean out your closet. Um, Play with your pets maybe get a pet. I don't know. But whatever will bring you some happiness and relief from the cold weather and being stuck inside. Because soon enough, the sun will shine just like your days and you will find warmth. You'll find happiness. You'll be able to get through it. It's just one of those moments. But until next time, as always, be healthy, be happy, be you.